Good morning, everyone. It's a joy to be here. Let me express my, my joy in three areas of happiness. I'm a little bit behind time, but it's a happy new year for the Chinese New Year because you had your last day just, was it yesterday or the day before? All right? Friday. Okay, thank you. And uh, it's a first happiness. The second happiness is that we're happy for many newcomers who are here. So let's give them another applause. <laughs> newcomers who are here. The third happiness is that we are happy to have uh, eight young people who are getting baptized today. I think that is really warming our hearts. And <laughs> In the midst of this happiness, I think one person plays a very important part. For whether it's Chinese New Year, English New Year, whether it's newcomers, whether it's baptism, and that important person is God himself. Yes, God brought about the New Year's, God brought the baptism about, and God has also brought many newcomers here, and we are so glad to have all of you. Three things there of my happiness, and there are three aspects of the message which, if you miss it, is okay. It's going to be on Haggai chapter 2, I will bless you. I've put out just one, one page of video. There's no PowerPoint, there's no, nothing of that sort, you know. I mean, but you can look at it and you can look at the references, copy it down if you will, and then after that, you can have a... Uh, can decide what you want to do with it. You can use any form of uh, Bible which you own, uh, any version or so. Eight Christians will be baptized today. Uh, I believe they are between 12 and 18 years, so mainly youths, because they, because they want to obey and they want to love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are glad to welcome those who have come here, uh, some perhaps for the first time, to witness their baptism, to witness what is more important, their, their act of obedience to Jesus Christ. And to those who are parents, this does not mean that they, they are not obeying you, especially for the, for the newcomers who have come here. I'm sure they love you. But Jesus must come first in their lives, whom they also love. So thank you for coming, and I hope you will be able to rejoice with those getting baptized. And we also hope the visitors will return again at some other time to visit us soon. We are studying the book of Haggai, the prophet of the Old Testament. And in days of old, God often spoke to his people through prophets, and Haggai was one of them. And God spoke to his people, the Jews, uh, through Haggai's four messages in as far back as 500 BC. That means 520 BC, uh, that is 520 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And in these four messages, which uh, your elder Xing Chuan has told you last week, uh, 
Haggai explicitly dated these messages. Uh, the first on August 29th, 520 BC. The second on October 17th, 520 BC, which is found in Haggai 2.1. And the final two messages on December 18th and also uh, later part of the day, two messages which are found in Haggai chapter 2, verse 10 and 20. These messages, these four messages were given to the Jews 18 years after they were delivered as, from exile in Babylon. And they were allowed to return to Jerusalem to rebuild their homes, their temples. And through Haggai the prophet, God encouraged the people to finish building the temple and to have hope in God. To finish building the temple and to have hope in God for the promise of blessings in future, where he says, I will bless you. Haggai was about 80 years old, and uh, he was looking backwards and he was looking forwards. For those of us who are around that age, possibly more than 60 years old, uh, we also look backwards. I hope you also look forward. He was an older man and he was able to look back on the glories of his nation. And then he not only looked back, he looked forward. Because he had a passionate desire to see how his own people, the Jews, would rise up from the, from the, the, the ashes of exile. And they would not only rise up, but they would reclaim their rightful place as God's light to the nations. And this is exactly what this church here at PPH wants to do. We have a desire not only to keep our Christianity to ourselves, but we have a desire to reach out to others. We have a desire to encourage those who are young, who are very young, who are youths, who are old, who are older, or whatever age it is, we have a desire to encourage you so that you will rise up and that you will also reclaim your rightful place as God's light to the nation. So not only will you rise up and be joyful and happy in your Christianity, but you will also want to share your faith, whatever it is, however small it is, however simple it is, with your friends and with your loved ones. But the Jews were from Judah, who had gone back to Jerusalem, were extremely vulnerable. They were humbled, first of all, by their exile to Babylon. They were held captive. When they returned to J Jerusalem, they became so discouraged because as they tried to build a temple, they received opposition in the rebuilding of the temple. And they chose instead, what did they choose to do when you get opposition? Well, I know many of us will say, fight back. Many of us will say, give up. And this is what the Jews did. They quit. But they quit not only the rebuilding works, they quit their ministry to God. 
they were so discouraged that the focus of their own of their attention was only in their own interests instead of serving God. And when Haggai spoke to them, they were people who had forgotten God. They were the people who had forsaken God. 18 years after they came back, they tried to rebuild the temple, and now they said, we give up. We, we don't want to have anything more to do with our service for God. And that God had, in fact, delivered them from exile through the Persians, the, the king Cyrus, who conquered Babylon. God had delivered them and let them go back to Jerusalem, but they said no. And so God's message in Haggai chapter 1 was, consider your ways. That means set your priorities right. And if they did that, God promised, I will bless you. Consider your ways, God promised, I will bless you. But in their self-centeredness, the Jews replied, the time has not yet come. The time has not yet come. And we read that they said that the time has not yet come for God's work but not for my work. I want to do my own things. I want my, my interests, first of all. Forget about my spiritual life. I don't know if any one of us is in this position. I trust not. You are given a blessing from the Lord. You are giving, given a promise from the God of eternity. And you are told that if you serve him and you honor him, he will bless you. And then you say, I am very tired. So many problems, so much hardships, so much suffering. I give up. I give up. I quit. But I quit not only I quit from I quit only from God's work, but I do not quit my work. I want to have my children, I want to have their education, I want to have their future, I want to have my homes, I want to have my cars, I want to have all these things which everyone in the world is having. Why can't I have it? I'm having such a bad time as a Christian. I'm having so much opposition as a Christian. I'm having so much hardship as a Christian. Why can't I quit my Christian life? And Another prophet who also prophesied about the same time as Haggai told the people that the worship they come to, I trust it's not here, but the worship they come to, they bring offerings to God of rejects and of leftovers. I come here, I see people coming in. Many of you have come up already. And uh, I wonder, what do you bring in your own hearts to God? You come to worship and to pray God and to praise God. I think that's wonderful. You come to attend a service. Well, that's good, but it's not great. You come because you're having such a hard time and you're hoping there's some message that will give you or help you through the hard time and the suffering. You want to give up your Christianity. That's very difficult. Actually, that is a challenge for us. What do we come here for? And God says, consider your ways and I will bless you through Haggai. And um, 
This self-centered Jew said, no, I don't want to consider your ways. I want to consider my ways. And Haggai's message to them was very simple, very passionate, very straightforward. And he said, if you insist on pleasing yourselves, then you will never experience real satisfaction. Here are the words taken from Haggai chapter 1. You will, you will so much work very hard, harvest little. You will eat, but never satisfied. All kinds of food in Singapore, but not satisfactory. You must go to other countries to try. And other countries come to Singapore to try our Singaporean food and have a lot of MSG and salt and sugar and all that and say it's great food there. Um, you will drink any drink you want. Huh? I was in the drink business and I will know all the variety of drinks. You will drink, but you will never, be, never have your fill. You will put on clothes. I, this one was given to me. I didn't wear it for about one, one year. And then suddenly my friend said, do you remember the shirt? I, oh, I said, I do remember now. I'll, <laughs> I'll wear it at our next dinner. So, but you will be clothed, but you will not be warm. Put a button here and put a coat over and aircon down and switch. You'll never be warm. You earn wages only to put them in a bag with holes. Check your purse and see whether they got holes. My pocket had a hole the other day and I was putting something in and then it was dropping out through my trousers. So I said, need to sew it up. How do we sew it up? And I think this is the first message which is applicable to the Jews, which was applicable to the Jews who refused and who gave up God's service done to them in about around AD 500, BC 500. But in later years, in the New Testament of the Bible, when Jesus was asked about the sharing of possessions, the homes, the houses, in the family, he replied these words in Luke 12. Take heed and beware of all covetousness, for a man's life does not concede does not consist, Luke 12, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. When we seek to please ourselves, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, whether you're a believer or whether whatever religion you may follow, when you seek to please yourself, one of the things that will creep in is materialism. And life does not consist of all these possessions alone. And when it is on materialism, it's how wealthy we are, what possessions we have, and what we own. But it is only ourselves. That is the first message, which Jesus confirms for us in Luke 12. The second message to us is that the Jews and us, is that when we center our lives on materialism or on possession, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. It will lead to greed in our hearts. 
it will lead to something which is called selfishness in our hearts, which is quickly communicated to others, to our children, to our family, to members in our community. Possessions will lead to selfishness. You see so much of selfishness. The, the children suing the brothers, suing the mother, came out in the papers, you know. Because why? Because they want to own this thing, this property. They're not interested in the relationship. They couldn't have settled it out of court for whatever reasons, but they must sue. Sue and get it right. And you sue, you may not get it right. But that is the, one of the things which you cause as, as uh, you are selfish. You have greed. And uh, Haggai says, materialism is going to cause people to become selfish and it's going to affect our community like bacteria. You see, disease will spread. We hear so much about disease. Ice also you take also can spread. Water you take also can spread. All kinds of diseases besides food, they will spread. But sadly, holy things will not spread. Anything you do good is so hard to spread. You try to do good and say, hey, uh, so-and-so, can you help me and uh, do some good and help this person? Yeah, yeah, I'm not free when I'm free another day. Oh, I, I don't do this kind of a thing and all sorts of reasons. But holy things do not spread. But things which are bad, which are materialistic, spread. And uh, sadly, to encourage the, the discouraged Jews, God said to them, if you obey me, if you obey me, and one of the acts of obedience is to build the broken temple, the temple that has been uh, broken up, which Solomon built. If you build it, it would not matter if this rebuilt temple should not look splendid. It doesn't matter. God wanted to encourage them. What matters is that I will show, I will show my glory in the temple. The temples, this rebuilt temple's latter glory will exceed the former glory of the first temple which was built by King Solomon. And this second temple, God says, I will show my glory. You know, when God fills our life with his love, with his gifts of peace and grace and glory, there is true satisfaction. This is what God does to our lives when he comes into our lives. You may have no God in your life. You may have a lot of other things in your life. But nothing in the whole wide world can ever compare with God's splendor of fills you with his love. Not your love. Fills you with his love. Fills you with his peace. Not your peace. Oh, I'm very peaceful. I go to uh, Batam. I go to Australia. I go to Switzerland. Oh, I'm full of peace. I enjoy all the beautiful, <laughs> beautiful seaside. 
the Blue Lagoons, and if you watch your shows and you see that the Blue Lagoons and the beautiful seaside and the deep seas are full of, are full of, <laughs> what do you call, poison, are full of things which you never know. They're full of earthquakes, they're full of cyclones, they're full of all those things. America is one of the countries which has got possibly the most cyclones and earthquakes in the world. They say, no, I don't want God to fill my life. But all the trappings of the materialistic world are of, not, of no importance. Not what you wear, but who you are. It's not what pastor calls himself senior pastor. It's Tangkok Fai. I love Tangkok Fai. It's not the senior pastor. Yes, he's a senior pastor for us, but it's not that. Anyone who trusts in Jesus as his saviour is not what money you have or what money you have won, but who you are. You can be very rich here, but who are you? What have you done with your wealth? It's not what you get for yourself, but God has made you into. You can get for yourself but God has made you, not made you into that kind of a person whom others will care for, whom others, whom you will show your love to others. Anyone who trusts in a saviour like Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that even before we leave this world, we will know where we will go. And this is the most important message which Haggai tells the people that if you obey me, I will bless you. There was a shift in their spiritual lives. From devotion to self, they decided that I want to take God's promise. I will be devoted to God. And the key to their spiritual shift was obedience to God. I think this is the key to many of our spiritual shifts. Not trying to understand God. We cannot understand God. If you have a God, as I said, whom you can understand, you can keep that God. I don't want it. I want a God whom I cannot understand because He's so great, He's so sovereign, He's so wonderful. He's the creator of the whole creation of the whole universe. How can I understand him? And people say, until I understand God, I do not want to believe in God. God will not be able, you will not be able to understand God. But nothing is, was more important to the Jews than to be able to show in their life that the Lord God was at the center of their lives and of their thoughts and of their hearts. What is most important to you and I in our lives? The third and the final thought is that Haggai's message is not only for the present, where we are all seated, where we are, but it's also for the future. Let me say this. No message or promise or hope or blessing is of any value if it does not have a future. No use having a message and you say, I got a wonderful message, I got this wonderful video, you see this message of the, 
on what the children do and what the people are singing and all our testimonies. A wonderful message. But if it's not no value, if you cannot sing the songs, you say, I'm waiting for the day when the Lord will come and take me to be with him. No message is of any value if it's not, does not have the future. It does not speak of life beyond this life. If it does not speak of life beyond death. You're looking to death, but you never look beyond death. And that message, if it doesn't speak of life beyond death, that's no message. That's only a promise which no one can keep because we don't know what life beyond this life and beyond death will give us. But as Christians, we know. I hope you as believers will know. And those of us who are not believers can come to know. Because God says, I will bless you. And the future is that I will bless you with my son, Jesus Christ. He's the desire of all nations. Hebrews 2 verse 7. I will bless you in the person of Jesus Christ in whom is hid or whom is found all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We can never discover the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, but we can discover Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ comes to us today. So what are you looking for? Do you look backward only? Or do you look forward every day? And what are you looking forward to? To the day when Jesus shall come again? To the day when he will fill your lives with love and blessing, wisdom and satisfaction. To the day when he gives you something which the world cannot give. That is the desire of all nations, Jesus Christ, God my son. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Ask for your blessing as we part. Ask for your blessing upon those who will be baptized. Ask for your blessing upon each one of us. We have come here for the first time or we have been here for a long time. We ask, Father, that your word will speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.